Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We begin with wildfires burning here in Southern California. The Silverado Fire, which broke out yesterday morning in Irvine in Orange County, has left two firefighters in critical condition with second and third degree burns. It's also scorched more than 11,000 acres and forced 90,000 people to flee their homes. It's currently 5% contained. Christina Shea is Irvine's mayor and says the city is doing everything it can to help threaten people, like the opening of aid evacuation shelters. The safety of our residents and our businesses is our top priority, and we will be working around the clock to support them in any way we possibly can. Meanwhile, the Blue Ridge Fire, which broke out in Riverside County, quickly spread to adjacent Orange County. It burned more than 8,000 acres and damaged one home. High winds have made both fires especially difficult to fight and forced the temporary grounding of firefighting aircraft. Red flag warnings remain in effect for much of the state today. And like other recent big blazes in California, the Silverado Fire might have a connection to a utility company. With more about that, here's the California Report's Lily Jamali. SoCal Edison says a wire on a telecommunications line may have come into contact with one of its overhead lines on Monday morning, and that may have led to the sparking of the Silverado fire. The utility revealed these details in a report to the California Public Utilities Commission just hours after that fire ignited. Its facilities are located near where the fire sparked. But SoCal Edison says it had no indication of any circuit activity or downed lines in the area. The utility told regulators its own investigation is ongoing. Saul? Thanks, Lily. Meanwhile, in Northern California, last night, Pacific Gas and Electric restored power to 156,000 of its customers affected by planned power shutoffs as a way to reduce the danger of equipment sparking wildfires. 189,000 more customers are expected to have power back on by tonight. Three months after he was sworn into office, Governor Gavin Newsom issued a moratorium on executions in California. Now he's trying to strike another blow against the death penalty, this time in the courtroom. In partnership with Cap Radio Network, here's Nicole Nixon. At issue is whether a death sentence should require a unanimous decision by a jury. The California Supreme Court asked the attorney general to weigh in on that earlier this summer. 
Newsom also filed an amicus brief this week, arguing that a sentence for the highest punishment should be reached through a unanimous verdict. He also argued the whole process is, quote, infected with racism. Stanford law professor John Donahue says there are numerous studies showing race has an influence on the outcome of death penalty cases. This is an effort on the part of the governor to weigh in and make it somewhat harder to uh, secure a death sentence. Newsom's office says the brief marks the first time a sitting governor has argued in court that California's death penalty is applied unfairly. For the California Report, I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento. California currently has more than 700 people on death row. Over a third of them are black. The state's last execution was in 2006. In the wake of the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others by police, Sacramento, Oakland, and San Francisco are all exploring alternatives to cops responding to some kinds of emergencies. The city of Los Angeles has also announced a partnership with L.A. County that will test a model of unarmed mental health crisis response. KPCC's Robert Garova has more. L.A. County already operates a small fleet of vans that respond to mental health crisis calls. The vans are staffed by mental health experts and are equipped with TV monitors that allow the patient to connect with a psychiatrist remotely while in transit. The new city pilot program will base teams of mental health specialists at five fire stations that have the vans. The teams will be integrated into the 911 system, although officials didn't have details on which calls will be given to them. LAPD Chief Michael Moore praised the new partnership. Rather than looking to yet another program for LAPD or LAFD, to engage in is pulling things off of our plate and putting them with our mental health professionals. The city's pilot program will launch January 1st. Officials hope it can eventually be expanded to other cities in the county. For the California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles. In northern Los Angeles County, the Antelope and Santa Clarita Valleys have become some of California's fiercest electoral battlegrounds. KQD's Guy Marzarotti says that two Republicans running in that area have taken different paths to hold off challengers this election. When Congressman Mike Garcia won a special House election in May, he became the only Republican to hold a seat in a district where Hillary Clinton got a majority of votes in 2016. President Trump endorsed Garcia late in the campaign, and even though Garcia is defending a seat where Democrats outnumber Republicans, he hasn't distanced himself from the president. He has decided not only does he have nowhere to hide from the president, but let's go all in and try to optimize, uh, basically run a base election strategy. That's GOP strategist Rob Stutzman. The political website 538 projects how often a Congress member will vote in line with the president based on how well Trump did in that district. By that formula, 538 predicts Garcia would vote with Trump on 9% of his key votes. But in actuality, he's lined up with the president 90% of the time in his short tenure in Washington. That gives him the highest Trump plus minus score in the entire Congress. In a debate with Democratic opponent Christy Smith last week, Garcia emphasized his independence. I don't have loyalties to my party. I don't have loyalties to any individuals. My loyalties lie with the country, the Constitution, and the 25th Congressional District. Further down the ballot in the overlapping 21st Senate District, Republican Senator Scott Wilk is also touting his independence. Uh, I work with the majority party when they're right, and I oppose them or try to get things amended when they're wrong to to bring better uh, policies uh, to Sacramento. Because honestly, I think bipartisan solutions are the best and the longest lasting, and that's how I try to do my job. 
That was Wilk talking with KHTS Radio in Santa Clarita. Like Garcia, he declined an interview for this story. But Wilk has a stronger case when it comes to bipartisan work. He has supported Democratic-led efforts on police reform and legalizing affirmative action. Wilk even gets fairly high marks from union groups and Planned Parenthood. Again, Rob Stutzman. No matter what party you're from, if you want to hold on to a swing district, it typically moderates your, your voting. And he has conformed to that well, probably with a good sense of the district. But Wilk is still a clear target for Democrats. And those left-leaning groups that applauded his moderate votes, well, they're donating to his opponent, Democrat Kip Muller. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. This week, in collaboration with Cal Matters College Journalism Network, we're providing a student-centered perspective on Proposition 16. It's the November ballot measure that would reestablish affirmative action in public higher education admissions. Today, we'll hear from Cal State Los Angeles senior Marisa Martinez about the representation gaps between faculty and students across the California community college system. At those schools, more than 70% of students come from communities of color, while at least 60% of tenured faculty are white. I have only had one professor in the music department who isn't white, so it's, it's kind of hard to relate to them and their experience through music. That's Ashley Felix, a second-year music major at Santa Monica College. Felix is Latinx and a first-generation college student. She says it's hard for her to approach professors whose life experiences seem so different from her own, and that hesitancy impacts her schoolwork. Right now, I'm taking a theory class, and I find it extremely hard for myself to kind of reach out to this specific professor, mainly because with music, there's that sense of superiority, and it kind of feels demeaning to go and ask for help the way they respond to it. So I I usually don't reach out for help if I do need any. Even though Latinx students make up almost half of California community college student rosters, Latinx professors represent only 15% of tenured faculty at CCCs. So it meant a lot when Felix found a new campus mentor last year, Professor Kevin Chicas. 
Chicas makes himself really available to people, no matter what you need, even if it's not for class necessarily, and just to kind of talk about how you're feeling with like that stress from classes. And he treated us less as students, but more as like kind of like <laughs> friends or someone familiar to you. Chicas also serves as chair of Santa Monica College's Equity and Diversity Committee, and he knows what these students are going through. What hurts is that it's like a cycle, part of a cycle where students look for spaces to learn, to get support, to get advice, to get mentorship. Uh, And then from the beginning, they see that there's like this gulf between themselves and their professors. A recent study conducted by the community college system finds that a more diverse faculty equals better student outcomes. And while there's currently state funding designated for faculty training and equal opportunity recruitment programs, California Community College Chancellor Eloy Oakley says there's still a lot colleges can't do. To send in the campus cannot use any specific criteria to make a decision on who to hire. So it is very much an open process. And while there's nothing wrong with an open and fair process, our colleges today cannot do specific outreach to communities of color or be perceived as giving them any advantage in the hiring process. Oakley says Prop 16 could change that. Without it, he says, diversity efforts will continue, but at a much slower pace. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Martinez in Rancho Cucamonga. Later today, Los Angeles County Supervisors will consider a motion to remove the county's top lawman, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, from office. There's been really bad blood between the supervisors and Villanueva since the sheriff took office in 2018. The supervisors say Villanueva thumbs his nose at transparency and oversight when it comes to running America's largest sheriff's department. The sheriff has also been blasted for rehiring deputies who have been fired for misconduct, including domestic abuse. If the supervisors approve the motion today, county lawyers will be directed to explore ways to impeach Villanueva or strip him of many of his powers. Like other county sheriffs, though, Villanueva was elected to his position, and he says he's not going anywhere. And that is the California Report for this Tuesday, October 27th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint. Water with a touch of true fruit flavor. And Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the Earth needs a good lawyer. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Adir from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.